Thank you for tuning in to Z Code Sports Betting Podcast. Let the show begin. Hey, Dan. When we get started, could you give us a better understanding of your background, where you're from, and how did you get into betting? Hi, Jake. Uh, it's be good to be back on the Zico podcast. I think it's been about five, six years since I did my last one, back when I was still quite a young boy, but it's good to be back on. Um, personal background, I'm from the UK, live in London, uh, lived here for whole life, 27 years, um, lived in New York for a while as well, um, had some great fun over there, went to a lot of American sports games and Oh, it was just great fun over there, so it was good. It's cool. I'm in London as well right now. <laughs> oh, welcome to London. Yeah. <laughs> How are you enjoying uh, it? Uh, yeah, I like it. It's I've been here sort of in and out. So I lived uh, in Poland. I lived in Ireland, and I moved to the UK. This is the second time I've moved. This time oh, for a job rather than uh, previously. I obviously did my studies here. So, so you've been all, all over Europe now. Yeah. Uh, Sort of. <laughs> so I do tend to ask this question quite a lot. Yeah. Obviously, I, I do have a general idea of what you may say because we both live in the UK. But mm-hmm. if you can give me your perspective, what is betting like in the UK? Uh, do you feel restricted in any sort of way being able to bet on any of the sports or is the complete freedom for you? Um, I would say the betting in the UK is pretty good i mean there are areas that could be better um you are able to bet on pretty much every sport and the live betting at certain sports books is very good um which you can't get in america or canada for example or australia where you have to phone in for example um there's not really many sharp sports books here they're all quite public you know quite square sports books so the odds the odds are quite normally worse than what you could get at, for example, Five Dimes or Pinnacle, which are obviously sharper sports books. But that's my main downfall: not having, not being able to bet at sharper sports books. So I personally have quite a few accounts at quite a few different places, um, just to make sure I don't get shut down. Um, we obviously do have the option of the exchanges like Betfair Exchange and Smarkets. Um, which are also very good, where you don't really have to bet against the the bookie. You bet against people's, like UI, putting up their own odds, for example, mm-hmm. which um, sometimes you can get better odds on, which helps. But they do take about 5% commission of, the, of your earnings, so it's not great. Yeah, so in the UK, it's all about um, shopping around, I'd say. Yeah. Because the, the, the variety is quite big, but also... I think majority of the bookmakers are sort of owned by one company, so they sort of um, set out the rules and uh, regulations. And if you get shut down at one bookmaker, you may actually get shut down at multiple ones at the same time. So yeah, it is, a it, yeah. yeah, it does have its positives, and there's a lot of negatives, I, I would say, as well. Yeah, I mean, UK is obviously a great place to be in terms of betting, but mm. and there's not many better places. If, be. I mean, Canada's obviously a great place to be because you can get the sharp sports books as well as the, the public ones and you can kind of do whatever you want, really. But, I mean, here you don't get taxed on your earnings. So, again, that's a great positive. Yeah. Uh, and traveling between US and the UK, I'm not sure if you were betting in the US as well, but 
Uh, at what stage did you start betting yourself? When when did it trigger for you? Um, cool. um, well, from the early days, I remember when I was very young, I used to sit with my dad in the dining room on Saturday mornings and he was like looking through the, the newspaper with the horse racing in the back and I would pick out my favourite colours. I used to sp- I sport West Ham United, so I used to always pick the horse, the jockey that had the claret and blue um, colours. So that was when I first got into the numbers and picking horses and betting and type thing. And then I guess I was always just doing it on the side as a as like a little thing and kind of just wanted to take it a bit more seriously and, you know, do your research and you find Z code and you find all these other handicapping sites and whatnot and you just kind of grow yourself really. Yeah. Mm. That's so kind of how I got into betting. You, you got into betting around the time where, well, possibly before, I guess, but um, Z code was a Facebook page and they were, still in the process of building the website out <laughs> oh yeah but, uh, i think you can relate to a lot of people in terms of getting into betting is through their family member who was most likely betting on horses using a newspaper uh, to yeah. do his analysis uh, or that's, that's, <laughs> that's how they had to do it in the back of the day you know yeah 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 no exactly. online no internet or anything it's just yeah you just sit there with a pen and paper and you just go through those old school stats but you, should, you don't really use anymore some people <laughs> um I find how times move on. So speaking of Z code, when did it when did you first discover it and how did you get into it? Why did you choose to join as well? Uh, I have no idea how I found Z code. Um this came up one day, I think. Maybe on Facebook, maybe through Google or something. And I was very interested in learning more at that time. Mm. Um, or becoming sharper. And I guess it was you you pay the subscription, which I thought was worthwhile in the beginning um, and just learn from all the experts that were a part of it. I think it must have been about seven, eight years ago now. I think I've been a part of Z code for that long, maybe longer or two. Um, and you had experts like Omega, Greg, Trey, Cliff was there. Um, a lot of guys who unfortunately aren't around anymore which it would be great if they did come back. I think you was on there, Jake. I was... You've been on it for quite a while now, haven't you? 2013. Um, yeah, I've been sort of in and out, but yeah, I can I can definitely remember the days when Trey and the rest yeah. of the guys, Omega, um, they were yeah. part of it as well. And those guys, those guys used to spit out systems, you know, every day. It's just what they came up with was, was crazy. Mm. And... I guess you, know, you, learn, you learn from those people, just like people learn from the experts that we have today. So, for example, myself or Brendan, etc. people have learned from Spotty and all these different types of systems. Yeah, there's definitely a diversity of the available sports. Yeah, there's a lot more systems. range now on Z-Code, I think. When I first joined, I think it was typically American sports and maybe English football. And um, now you have, I mean, you have people from eSports to horse racing to anything really i mean it's great to see yeah there's there's a huge amount of systems and it's one thing to get your head around them yeah i guess see the diversity it has sort of spread out so now maybe perhaps there's a lot of experts possibly a lot more than before but you have them spread out across different uh sports so yeah you just have to dig through this 
if I was a, if, I, if I was a newbie joining now, I mean, there's a lot of information Z code which you have to take in when you first join. And if I was a newbie joining now, I would I would join and I would sit back and I would take in all the information that all these experts are telling me. Mm. Um, I'll speed write it down if, if that's what you want to do or write it on the computer or whatever. But I probably wouldn't bet straight away because just because there's just so much information that everyone has on Z code, so many systems, you just have to take it all in. Definitely. And as for the systems that we're talking about, you've developed many of your own over the, yeah. the past years, over the past eight or nine years that you've been part of the community and you shared yeah. all of them pretty much with us. Yeah. Which one is your favorite? And don't say East, East meets West. <laughs> any, <laughs> anyone uh, apart from that? I would say the winner day keeps the bailiffs away system or <laughs> for short, WAD, W-A-D. Um, yeah. It wasn't the first system I introduced, but it, it changed a lot of people's mindsets mm-hmm. who were members at the time, and if not still now, um, that all you need is one win per day just to get along and you know essentially keep the bailiffs away. Um, yeah. And from, from that, I think a lot of other systems came about that were a similar elk to the one selection like pod type thing um so you have a very minimalistic approach we could say because yeah some people like to lash out like 50 bets a day and maybe i couldn't even relate to that because of the amount of um, sports matches available for tennis for example when i was sure. when i was doing it um you're faced with like 100 matches and you want to like yeah make make an analysis on the not like forced analysis in a sense, but you have a hinge that, you know, this player is going to win or whatever, but you are very, very much involved in one bet per day. Very minimalistic yeah. approach. Um, tell me what is the advantage of betting really, really small over like a large amount of bets per day, especially for the newbies. Um, well, having a lot of bets on is not great for the mind obviously and <laughs> mm. um, it can be very stressful um, but also you just have having one pick possibly two max you have all your confidence in those in those selections but there's no way someone can have 100% confidence in for example 20 selections on one day and then have 20 selections again the next day it's just impossible um, in terms of your return of income as well your return of income is going to be far less over a longer period yeah a person that does one selection a day or two selections a day um just because of the number of games and the amount of expenditure so i like having a higher return of income um personally i mean it's up to other people and how how they want to do i mean when i first started i guess i was never doing one pick a day um I was probably doing maybe five to eight a day. And I realized over a period of time, you don't generally win a lot. So limiting your games, you have far better chance of making it in the long run. Mm-hmm. As we know, I mean, 95% of people just don't make any money in this industry. So 
Yeah, that's true. It you is 5%, chance, which is... Increase your chances, you've got a bad chance. Definitely. And also, you can get caught up in the whole idea of overbetting. And yeah, that's you the begin problem. to start chasing losses, yeah. which are... That's a big problem, yeah. So, when I have one pick a day, you know, if it wins, it wins. If you lose, you lose. You go on to the next day. Yeah. If you have, you've lost 18 of them, for example, there's a real desire to get that money back. So... In revol- revolving around the systems, how does the idea about the system journey come about for you? You seem to have a very specific approach, rather a talent for spotting opportunities. Where does it usually come from? Um, I don't really know if there's a, a set system to finding a system, really. It's just using a bit of common sense sometimes. <laughs> um, I mean, obviously, people love using like the automated things and line reversals and whatnot. And, yeah, there, you can find some great systems in those things, but sometimes it's just finding the basic tools and the simplicity of breaking down a sport, for example, and just rolling from there. I mean, look at some of the football ones we've got, just scoring a goal. You're just betting mm-hmm. on a team to score a goal. Now, you couldn't do that 10 years ago because the bookmakers never had those lines, but now you can. Um, but for me, it's just it's just keeping it basic, breaking down a sport, looking at what your bookie can offer in terms of lines, and um, going from there, really. All right. So as far as the analysis goes for you, do you use any of the tools within Zcode or outside of Zcode even? Um, different sports have a different use of tools. So, for example, uh, baseball, I'll use the Zcode line reversal tools. Um, and also with the American football, I'll use the Z-code line reversal tool as just a, I wouldn't say I use it as a, a set thing where I see this thing and then it means I'm playing that game. It just helps me like an aid. Um, whereas other sports, I do a lot of like predictive modeling outside of Z-code, um, things like that. So because the score predictor helps you as well sometimes with a Z code. Mm. So line reversal being the main one, pretty much. Yeah, and it, and it is for a lot of people. Yeah, I think a lot of people use the line reversals, don't they? So. It's definitely a very unique tool, and it also revolves around simplicity. I would say, because it's something that seems quite obvious yeah. in terms of analysis, but it hasn't been done before. So, it's it's one of those things. A done thing we could say. <laughs> yeah. Also, you don't, you can't find that tool outside of Z code. Really, I mean, you're if you you can see how odds move, but you won't be able to see the whole reversal and if it was sharp money, if it was smart money, for example. So having that tool there is obviously a great help. Mm. And being able to read lines does help slightly. Personally, I wouldn't into the Z code line reversals if you was new and just go straight off those those line reversals you need to do a bit of reading up on how line reversals work um reading how lines move back and forth why lines frozen for example i think it all really helps when you're looking at the all the tools yeah definitely it comes with a lot of uh, power but also it requires a lot of in, uh, individual analysis reading yeah. up on on how it works otherwise you will be rather stuck and you may actually make a lot of mistakes. Exactly. You, I mean, you may see lines move in a specific direction, thinking 
oh, that's actually a you know good sign, but yeah. in some cases, it's just basically bookmaker manipulating those lines. In yeah, well, sometimes, sometimes just a major injury, so you have to take that note, take note of that. Definitely, yeah. So, so now getting to the DFS system, which you've developed yeah. uh, back in 2019, and then you took a break for a while. Mm-hmm. Were you working on it in the background, or the idea just sort of sprung back to to bring it back to play? How? Oh. What? Why did you take the break, or are there? How did you develop the system as well? Um, I've always played fairly fancy sports on the side. Um, obviously, I'm betting full time, so having I have a lot of time available, so I am always researching and doing other things, being able to find those systems and I've always been intrigued about daily fantasy sports I mean I know Zcode has their own tool I did try and work with that um, I've just always done it on the side quite small and then I guess within the last two years or so I've pumped more money into it and a bit more time into it because you have to put a lot of time into these things um, you don't just get it for free uh-huh. um, and it's just gone from there really Um you know, spoken to a few contacts within the industry and I guess they've helped me come through. There's a lot of information on daily fantasy sports on Google. So anyone that does want to follow myself or or just do it themselves, I mean, there's a lot of information out there that, that will really help you. Um, lots of videos that people will do. There's lots of podcasts out there. So it's definitely worth something getting into. Um, you have to pay a rake just like you do with the booking. I mean, you know how they take juice. Mm-hmm. But the odds are great. So it's just like betting, really. Except you're, you're, you're betting on certain players that you pick in your lineups. There's no difference. So if I were a completely new person to Zcode and I had no idea about any of the fantasy, where should I go first? What should I read? And if you could explain to me what fantasy is really all about... Uh, the first thing I would do is probably just type in daily fantasy sports on Google and you'll get a whole heap of pages that will tell you what it is. Um, it'll break down all the types of games you can play on there, all the different sports you can play on there. Um, there are loads of different ideas. You can play in tournaments. You can play head-to-heads. Like If I wanted to play you, Jake, I could invite you to a game and play against you. Um, you can do a lot of things. Um, Kings is the number is the number one uh, daily fantasy sports site, so I would definitely go and check them out. Um, they've also got a UK license now, so for anyone that's in the UK, you can now play fantasy sports in the UK since last year, which is great because before I wasn't able to. So that was one reason why I've only been in the fantasy sports game for about two, three years. Um, one reason was because I could never actually do it here so I'll definitely just look on Google that's the number one place I would go to mm-hmm. so just to understand you got into it like two three years ago um, obviously this is a very fast moving environment betting in yeah. general you can see the changes happening year to year year on year basis yeah. so how did the fantasy change in the last two years is it becoming a lot more popular do you think or um, it's always been very popular in America. Um, 
because you could, for some reason, you were able to do fancy sports in certain areas, but you weren't able to bet, which kind of makes no sense to me. Um, but having the licenses now around Europe, I mean, it just completely expands the whole mm-hmm. whole industry of daily fantasy sports. Having the UK license means they're able to to have the whole European um, market, really. Um, and we know the European market's huge for betting, so it does help. Um, having the having the market, the betting market industry in America now, obviously expanding as well, it just it just intensifies the growth rate of these industries. Also, I think it makes certain sports a bit more enjoyable. For example, golf. Not a lot of people like watching golf. I'm not a huge fan of golf, but I, lo- I now love watching golf because I can I can bet on it in terms of daily fantasy sports. It's so much more enjoyable mm-hmm. having a lineup and cheering on a certain players rather than just watching it. And you know, it, it makes the games more enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Just just like betting when you're betting on American football or you're betting on tennis, you, you're cheering on a player or you're cheering on a team. This time you're cheering on set players to do well. Yeah, and I would say that fantasy definitely is quite big in Europe, especially like fantasy Premier League. We have all these different leagues where people take part every year. Yeah. And it's actually close to hundreds hundreds of millions of people who are registered on these websites. So it's definitely a, a good objective to make money from that because I'm sure that people who are willing to do it for free yeah. by just, you know, uh, picking their fantasy team, they will be interested in possibly making some money from it as well. So yeah. that, that expansion yeah. to Europe is definitely going to be quite big as long as it catches the wind and takes off. I mean, people have been betting for hundreds of years, so it's not, not going to change anytime soon. It's not going to... Yeah. It's only going to get better. Well, not better. I mean, it's only going to get... It's only going to go up. Mm-hmm. So, I'm, I'm sure there'll be something new in 10, 20 years' time as well. So, <laughs> everything's constantly changing. There'll be some new sport that comes out of the, the woodwork. Mm. So, during the quarantine, I guess we do have to talk about that because yep. you mean, a lot of sports were cancelled, sadly, and people had to take a break from their systems, take a break from watching sports they liked. How did you utilize this time during the quarantine? Obviously, you said you're professional, so this is your day-to-day job. How yeah. do you make money in the meantime, or if you were making money at all? Um, well, it's safe to say I wasn't making any money at all, really. So, uh, cause my main focus is the American sports, which obviously all died. So, and they can't actually, funny enough, come back tonight. So, it's great timing. Um, I just, I did a two things i i first of all just took some time just to relax it's quite a stressful job sometimes i mean you're working every day doing a lot of research it's a lot of hours into it um especially when i'm on the american market i'm working on the american time zone so living in the uk is not great for that Uh and then secondly i just i did i just took some time to just do a bit more research um there's also a lot more there's a lot more chilled because I didn't have all the games to do as well. So I was just going back over my current systems. I was looking into potentially new systems. Um, and I focused a lot on daily fantasy sports because 
there was still some sports going on, things like esports. I know that gradually came back. Um, yeah, I just took my time to just relax and do a little bit of research and just enjoy some family times, really. really. I have quite a lot of respect for your response because looking at a lot of people, yes, they shifted to different sports yeah. and you can make your own assumptions based around that. Obviously, you can follow experts, which is great. Yeah. Uh, you're going to have to find the right expert to follow and so on who are putting out bets during the quarantine on things like table tennis and so on. But yeah. if you're an expert yourself and you focus on one specific sport and then you sort of you're stopped from being able to do that and you shift your attention to something else, you can quickly lose money on something you don't completely understand. Like, for example, um, if if I didn't have esports right now, for example, and yeah. no tennis, then I'll be looking at possibly soccer and so on. Mm-hmm. These are not sports that I completely understand. I wouldn't probably make the right judgments. I wouldn't make money. So... Yeah. Better not to make any money rather than losing money in the process of making yeah, just bad bets. It's all about having a, a strong mentality not to bet. Um, mm. A lot of people just love to have the action. Um, I'm the complete opposite. And so I've always had that strong mentality within the betting game. You know, not chase, um, not just play something for the sake of it. Yeah. So whenever, whenever you do see whatever I post on, on Z code, it's something that I have. Or ninety nine percent of confidence in you know so. Yeah, and you've you've right. invested your time and money as well into it. Yeah, and I know it's not specific analysis. Yeah, and I know it's not going to win every time. It's just impossible. But people that would follow me, they know they have they have my backing. You know so. Hmm. So with all the systems that you developed over the last years, which sport is closest to your heart and why? Ooh, good question. <laughs> Uh, oh well, seeing as I'm in the American market, I've got to say the American sports, I guess. Um probably more so the American football. Just I just love that game. Um I wish I was I had a bit more muscle when I could play it over in the UK, but unfortunately I don't so I thought you would say something European like soccer or I do love football, but as I've grown up, I have sort of turned into an American football fanatic. So um, I, I would say the American football, but obviously anyone that lives in the UK, born and bred, does love soccer. But... I actually get annoyed when people say soccer and then I say it myself <laughs> just because of the podcast. Well, I only say football, say... people immediately shift to the NFL. <laughs> exactly so I say soccer now but <laughs> my friends are like why do you say soccer so obviously every this is a question which I tend to ask quite a lot as well because I do like to hear the answers from people um, the answers tend to be rather the same but I will ask you anyway how do you go about a negative streak what do you recommend as a way to get out of it as well well obviously you can't just spiral out of it but <laughs> you can gradually build towards uh, getting out of a negative streak yeah i think you just if your system is set like my systems are set you don't change your system after just because you're losing if you trust your system 
you know, you, you trust yourself. And um, if I've had three, four losses in a row, which happens, you just keep betting, and it'll it'll keep it'll come out on the other side, and then you'll have six wins in a row, and you'll you'll forget about your losses. Um, it's all about having that strong mind. That strong mind definitely just take the loss or the losses and just carry on the next day. Um, the next day you may you may break even. It's a good day if you break even. Um, I always say, as long as you don't lose, it's a good day. If you break even, it's a good day. If you make money, it's a good day. Mm-hmm. Um, just stick to just stick what stick to what you do. Don't don't go off the rails, you know, and don't do anything different. Um, it's having a strong mentality that that's what you need. Um, just not go and chase. That's the worst thing. Cool. So I'm going to go to the last question now, which is, I want to know if you're working on any new systems right now. I'm not working on any new systems. I'm fine-tuning my old systems. So you may see some of the older systems that I haven't posted for a while um, come back, potentially. Um, Obviously, the, the fantasy sports is relatively new, so I guess that's what I'm working on most right now. So you could say that's a new system. Um, other than that, no, I'm not really working on anything new. Uh, East meets West. East meets West was obviously on a break because of the quarantine. So I'd have to wait for that until next season. Now I'm not going to be playing that. That'll be taking a break. Um, you- I've got enough going on at the moment to keep me entertained. <laughs> oh. You say that one again? I didn't hear. West is based on the on the fact that you need team uh, teams to travel and travel on the road east to west or west to east. So, and because they're playing in one city, it doesn't really fit the bill. So that's why that system is not going to be continuing. That will have to wait until next season for that. Um, baseball, I'm I'm starting back up straight away because um, that's they didn't really have a break. Essentially, they are starting their season today. Um, I won't be touching basketball or ice hockey just because of the the long layoff. Um, I don't know if you saw with the uh, the soccer, the first few weeks were pretty shocking in terms of how the games played out. There was a lot of nil nils. It was pretty boring. A lot of players were tired, not fit, and so I'm just not willing to waste my money on predicting those types of games when it's impossible to predict yeah i mean having no fans is very strange so in terms of betting and those point margins where bookmakers for home advantage will definitely change and it will definitely make it interesting because if they if the american football season goes ahead you're looking at teams losing two three four points of home advantage so it could be wide open this year Thank you for listening to our Z Code Sports Betting Podcast, where insider systems, secrets, and tools are revealed to help you win on sports betting. If you have a comment or question, make sure to visit us at www.zcodesystem.com. Download our free sports prediction tools and join our VIP club to follow winning systems from people who make a living betting sports professionally. And don't forget to subscribe on iTunes. See you next time.